The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, join international Bible teacher Beth Moore as she spends Wednesdays in the Word. I am a stinking miracle. I ought not to be able to put three sentences together. If you knew my real story in some of the places I've been, there is no excuse for even having a mind that has a semblance of wholeness. I know, I know Jesus Christ is real because my imaginary friend could not have done this for me. you can't see me. I just got up. The program airs all through the day around the world. Matter of fact, if you're on satellite, you can normally get us seven or eight times a day. So don't ever say there's no spiritual refreshing available. It is. I'm James Robinson. My wife Betty and I welcome you to life today. This is Wednesdays in the Word. And when we started this teaching series and day of outreach, we started with Beth Moore. And we called it uh, Wednesdays with Beth, in the Word with Beth Moore. And Beth said, after years of touching people all over the world, she said it has been such a blessing to her as a teacher and to people. She said, why don't we let some of these other truly gifted teachers, you know, do this and let's have Wednesdays in the Word. And that's what we've done. Christine Kane has been a tremendous blessing. Lisa Bevere and others that speak to you. And Beth wanted that. That's her heart. Right now, she is uh, teaching a final, uh, let's say the final message of a kind of a series on the, the mark of God and where he takes your scars and turns them into signatures, like a great masterpiece, a portrait. And Beth can do it, can't she? Would you welcome Beth Moore? Here she is. I want you to think about the eyes of the Father looking throughout the whole earth. And there is this one hill where these three crosses are and his son on the one, his one and only beloved son. Now listen, I'm not making a biblical point in what I'm about to say because it would be putting things together that um, cannot be uh, assumed. I'm just saying, it struck me as I was thinking about this, that on this globe at that moment when Christ Jesus gave his life for us on the cross, that there God upon his throne looked down upon the earth and X marked the spot. This is the mark of redemption and salvation. This is the payment paid. This is the mark that bears the gospel throughout the entire globe. Turn with me one page to John 20. This is after the resurrection. John 20, verse 20. 
says this, and when they had said this, he showed them, this is Jesus, his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now, verse 24, this is so powerful. Now, Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. I mean, y'all really, I mean, can everybody say just bummer? I mean, that would be like, I mean, would you not feel like left out? And they're all like telling him that would put you on the defensive. And so it says, so they, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But of course he's going like, well, I haven't. So, you know, what's he going to do, but kind of have to big talk here. And so he says back to them, unless I see in his hands, the mark of the nails. Everybody say mark. mark. The mark of the nails. And I place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side. I will never believe. Well, eight days later, eight days. I propose to you eight days had never gone by any slower. <laughs> eight days later. His disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And then he looks over at Thomas, because Thomas is the one that has missed him thus far, the big talker that goes, Listen, unless I just put my hand in that mark, I'm telling you, I will never believe. And it says in verse 27, he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him in verse 28 and said, My Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. Jesus said something to him that is so beautiful for us, this side of the cross, this side of the completed canon, because he says, blessed are you. Uh, you believe because you have seen me, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet they have believed. That would be us. That would be us. That's a beautiful thing for us. They got to see him, but he said, blessed are they that believe and they have not seen. That's such a beautiful thing because isn't Jesus good to take this doubter and even use his doubt to bring about the most climactic point in the gospel? My Lord and my God. To bring somebody to a point, everything the Gospel of John is about ends up in those words, my Lord and my God, blessed is the one who has believed, my Lord and my God. Do you remember we're building the name Mark, the word Mark. We've got an M and an A. Somebody tell me what our next letter is. Here's the beauty of it. Resurrection makes marks out of wounds. Resurrection makes marks out of wounds. Because Jesus was on the cross with wounds. But when he came forth from the grave, he came forth with marks. And that's the beauty of it. Because the resurrection of Jesus means that no matter what we've been through, that wounding, no matter how it gashed us, no matter how we have hemorrhaged from that place um, in our hearts or even in our physical bodies, he can take that very wound and it becomes a mark. And it becomes a mark of Christ himself. You know, I got to tell you, my, my father-in-law has something 
called um, wound care. You know, there are um, nurses and practitioners that deal with open wounds that have to, um, for whatever reason, whatever kind of surgery, they have to uh, remain that way, either for a set period of time or maybe for the rest of their lives. And my father-in-law went through a tremendous amount of radiation um, for a cancer, and it meant that one part of his body just flat out did not and will not heal. And so he has to have wound care. And I've thought a lot about it because th we thank God for him. He has to have it and has to have it for the rest of his life. But I thought to myself, you know what, we could get really wrapped up in, I've got to keep this wound and never let it heal because I get a lot of attention over it. Anybody? Because listen, I mean, in my small group, have you ever known there to be a small group? Women, please enter in with me. Where one woman remains the focus of attention. You've been in the small group for 10 years. She always has been, and she has every intention of always being. Because, see, we were supposed to really, like, take turns. You know what I'm saying? And minister to one another. Other people have needs, too. But, see, she's gotten accustomed. Gentlemen, this will be harder for you to understand. But she's gotten accustomed to the attention. That's not a gender thing. That can happen. It's just that you might not think in small, small group Bible studies as much as we do where women are a little more um, um, emotional about their care for one another. But where you just get a lot of attention with it. And so you just keep that wound because why would I want to get well and then I won't get all that. Let it heal. That's the message today. Let it heal. Go through it with Jesus. And then that resurrection power of Jesus Christ takes that wound and turns it into a mark that bears his very signature. Here's K. We've got to end up our word mark, M-A-R-K, our acrostic, and here is your K. Keep the mark deep that professes your God. Keep the mark deep that professes your God. That's the one you want to keep. You want to get rid of the rest of them, but let me tell you something. Whatever has marked you with Jesus Christ, girlfriend, godfriend, that's part of your testimony. That's the word of your testimony. That one you get. That very thing, if you want to know where your story brings the most glory to God and the most impact um, uh, to the people around you, here is where you go. What was it Jesus used in your life that he took from bad to good to make sure that you would know he was God, that he had pursued you, that he loved you, and that he could make you whole? That is your story. That is your story. Keep the mark deep that professes your God. Started thinking about these different scenarios. I'll say this as we close. Just think this through with me. So the whole point is when we go through something so dramatic, something in life has scarred us, we bear it. We go through this thing with Jesus and that signature of Jesus begins to overtake that scar. And what we're left with is this, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. It's this wonderful place in 2 Timothy chapter 1 where the apostle Paul says, I know the one in whom I believe. Yeah, I mean, let, let me tell you something. I, I, I know this is going to sound bold and audacious to somebody. You might say, how can you say that? Well, just go with me here. And I say this with deep um, compassion and deep love and affection toward you, but I don't just think Jesus Christ is real. I, I know that you're going to think, I don't know how you can say this. Well, just go with me here for a minute. I know he is. 
I know him personally. No, I have never seen him, but I have studied his word. I've seen his faithfulness. He has kept every single promise he has made me in his word. And what I've not yet experienced, he will keep that promise. He will keep every promise he has made. Listen, here's what I know. I am a stinking miracle. I ought not to be able to put three sentences together. If you knew my real story in some of the places I've been, there is no excuse for even having a mind that has a semblance of wholeness. I know, I know Jesus Christ is real because my imaginary friend could not have done this for me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? No, no. There ain't no imaginary friend on this planet that can do that for you. So just listen to these scenarios and see if you relate. So you're scarred by the loss of your spouse and Jesus reveals himself to you still bearing his scars. See, that's a beautiful thing. He comes bearing his scars so you know he's going, I've been there too. I'm scarred too. Don't you think it's wonderful that even in his um, resurrection body, he still had them. So we'll always know, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I, I was scarred too. And you come out of it saying, my Lord and my God. Say you're scarred by somebody's rejection and lovelessness and Jesus seeks you out and reveals himself to you, still bearing his scars and you come out of that saying, my Lord and my God. You're scarred by a friendship that went totally and stunningly awry. You're scared to get close to anybody again and Jesus seeks you out and reveals himself to you, still bearing his scars and you come out of that situation going, my Lord and my God. You are scarred by surgery after surgery, by treatment after treatment, and Jesus reveals himself to you alive and well, but guess what? Still bearing his scars, and you come out of it saying, my Lord and my God. You're scarred or betrayed by someone you love and gave your heart to, and Jesus seeks you out and reveals himself to you, still bearing his scars, and you come out of it saying, my Lord and my God. You're scarred by your own endless stumbles into the pit. You're demoralized and shamed, and Jesus seeks you out, reveals himself to you, still with his scars intact, and you come out of that thing going, my Lord and my God. You are scarred by addiction, secrecy, and powerlessness. Jesus seeks you out, reveals himself to you, still bearing his scars. You come out of it saying, my Lord and my God. Jesus finds you sitting there in the dark, backed into that corner, scared to death and so alone. And he reveals himself to you, still bearing his scars. And you come out of it saying, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to say this to somebody on the other side of that screen. Somebody today, you have just been in a stronghold of doubt for years. And you know that, um, you know, God is God. He knows what's on your heart. You might as well have not said you believed something that you didn't. But I'm telling you, for somebody on the other side of the screen, today is your day to not disbelieve, but to believe. It is your day to receive the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's already done all the work on the cross for you. He's just calling you to turn away from your own path. Receive him as personal Savior and Lord. Believe. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Girlfriend, Godfrey, this is your day. You know there's something in you telling you right now. The Holy Spirit is dealing with you this very second and saying, you know he's who he says he is. You know how much he has chased you down. You know he has pursued you. Today is the day to say it, my Lord and my God. Would you pray with me? Father, 
God, we praise you. God, we praise you. You know, Lord, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, if I could go back and script my whole life, I wonder if somebody can relate to this. I would write every one of those terrible things out of it. I think it is safe to say, Lord, that if I could rewrite my story and I could script my own, there would not be a single scar. Can anybody relate to what I'm saying? And yet, Father, not a single one of those would have been turned into your signature. To be able to say this day, I bear the marks of knowing Jesus personally, not what somebody else could tell me, not just what you could learn, but I've experienced him. I've known his salvation. I've known his restoration. I've known his hope. So, so be it, Lord. Do not let us get away with having signatures of all manner of abusive, rejecting, betraying people and events in our lives that are not turned into the mark of our God. We praise you. We honor you. You are everything to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Oh boy, Beth, you say it so well. What a prayer. What a way to close a, a series. And I really do believe God takes broken up lives, broken up pieces, and like some puzzle, fits them together into a masterpiece, a beautiful picture of your grace. Beth, thank you for the way you bless us. How many of you in the studio appreciate Beth Moore and the great gift God has given us in her? We're so thankful. So thankful. Beth, we're in the last week of something that when you first came with us on Life Today years ago, you started going to the mission field. Your husband Keith went, and you went back several times because you were so blessed. Well, Betty and I have the joy of seeing our grandson who just graduated from Baylor and left there to go almost immediately to Africa, to Angola, and the in the midst of pain. And I want you to watch this. I want you to see where Betty and I were when kids were so desperate, it was just almost more than we could do to even be able to feed them. And we, we saw a miracle. The very people we're trying to save there ultimately began feeding 10,000 people themselves, the ones that were dying. Our grandson went and he saw some of the things we saw that are still there. See if you don't want to help turn a desperate situation into another miracle where those who need food suddenly can feed others. Betty has always prayed, and I remember the first time you said this, I want the line to feed them to always be longer than the line coming to be fed. That's where you come in. I want you to watch this. You'll see our grandson. I think you'll see Jesus. Wait a minute. I can't get them to stop pressing in on us where I can even get to the soup. I mean, these people are hungry. See, the absolute desperation. I mean, I can't even feed them. Unfortunately, 
too many children know what happens when the food runs out. They know it will quickly become a desperate situation where they're fighting to survive. Children and their parents end up scavenging for anything to eat to fight off their gnawing hunger pains. And sometimes the children will even eat things that aren't considered food just to try and feel better. I'm sitting here with this little boy and when I came in, I noticed he was sitting here and uh, he's eating dirt. Um, he's trying to fill his little stomach and he's trying to take that hunger away. It won't. I've never seen a child eat dirt. The impact of this type of food crisis is particularly devastating to the youngest victims. Once the effects of severe malnutrition set in, desperate parents will try and walk for miles to get help in a clinic. This is why we need your continued support for mission feeding because we do know that she's been here about a week now and if you can imagine that she's gotten better, she's improved, so if you can imagine a condition worse than this. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray over this little girl. I ask that you heal her in the name of Jesus. I ask that we help all these kids in Jesus' name. You know, I just uh, could fix on that little baby's eyes. I would like you to, you know, bring them back up where everybody could look at that little one looking up at our grandson. And I, I think those little eyes are recognizing love. Now, that's what I think. A precious little child. Betty and I have spent a lot of time that way. We've actually had to walk away from some that basically died in our arms. Too many times in the mother's arms. That's a tough thing to see. But you know, we've been able to save, according to the African government's reports to us, more than 10 million of their children. Many of them are teaching in colleges now, teaching in schools. Some of them are actually elected to office now. And they're leaders, they're homemakers. Some of them are farmers themselves. And they were dying when love found them. Betty, when we look down and see our grandson, I see Jesus in him. I do too. What, what happens in your heart when you see? Well, it, of course, it blesses me immensely, James, to see our grandson there loving on that precious baby, <laughs> praying for that baby. And I saw hope spring up in that little baby's eyes as she looked at our grandson because that's what they're looking for, hope. Mm -hmm. And we can offer that hope when we offer to feel their need, which is hunger right now. These children need something nutritional, James, to put in their little bodies. And those mothers are watching closely to say in their hearts, someone help my baby. I love my baby. Please, I don't want my baby to die. So I hope you'll join with us as you see the need there and know that you can be part of that hope. You know what I see when I watch our grandson praying? And you know what comes to my heart right now? You can be the answer to that prayer. You can be the answer to the heart cry of the mother and the family of that child. This is the last week now that we're asking you to help with mission feeding. And it's really important. We, we need eight 10 ton trucks. They cost over $30,000. I, I know occasionally there's someone who can say, I can do that. I'll give a truck. Frankly, we need some this week like that. What we really need is everyone with a heart to share to actually do it.
Now think about this. For 30, 50, or $100, we can feed three, five, or 10 children for several months. Where can a single gift keep giving that long? On the mission field. Would you go to lifetoday.org and take your bank card and make the largest gift you can? And I'll always ask you, could you help us care for 10? Could you give $100? But whatever you give, think about it. If it's 30 for three, it could cover that little one that Chris was praying for. There's a level at which everyone gives. You might be able to give a truck or $1,000 or a few thousand toward one of the, the uh, eight, 10 ton trucks we need. Several have worn out, must be replaced, but we need some new ones for some new regions. So would you go to lifetoday.org right now or would you dial that number? It's always there as a prayer line, paid for by love. But would you dial it and let it be a lifeline today? Take your bank card and make the gift God puts on your heart. If you want to write a check, make it to life, but call us and tell us you're sending it. We need to know it's coming. We have some gifts to bless you, but you're going to be given the greatest gift. You're going to give the gift of life. You're going to share it in love. Thank you for doing it. Disease, malnutrition, starvation, all terrible human atrocities being faced every day by people living in remote and impoverished areas of Africa. And those at greatest risk are the children. Life's Mission Feeding Program is there, able to feed and care for over 400,000 children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With previous food reserves gone and malnutrition levels in Angola rising due to increased food scarcity, we desperately need to replenish our supplies for our feeding programs immediately. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Also, please consider an additional gift toward our $316,000 goal to provide eight all-wheel drive trucks and 76,000 new bowls for the children. As our thank you, we'll send you this soft-cover journal Bible featuring the Gospels, Psalms, and Proverbs for your devotional time in the Word. With your gift of $100 or more to help feed 10 children, please request the complete Holy Bible Journal Edition, perfect for keeping notes and insights as you read and study. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed 100 children, you may request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your gift online. Well, Betty and I say thank you. This is the last week now for us to complete a real challenge. Uh, the trucks, that's big, over $30,000 a piece. I find myself praying today. I wonder if there's someone watching this week that could give one of those trucks. We really need everybody to help us. So go to lifetoday.org or call the number. If you write a check, make it to life, but call us and tell us you're putting it in the mail. Thank you so much, and thank all of you for being with us.
Tomorrow on Life Today, founder of Operation Blue Shield, Tony Brinker Pickens, shares her mission to build unity and safety in troubled communities. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.